1: This Haberman and Middlecoff segment is brought to you by Ease.com, promo code HAM, Middlecoff. Pr-
0: promo code HAM,
1: $20 off first purchase, over $50 free delivery. Now to the pod. Russell Wilson, John, we said on the last podcast, Niner fans, do not get your hopes up. He's not going anywhere. Turns out we were kind of giving his agent a, what, what are you doing this deadline? They did a deal. They did do a deal now a deal that it seems like the Seahawks are satisfied with, too. It's like the Seahawks got taken to the woodshed by any stretch. Like you told me, Florio wrote that um, you could make the case that Kirk Cousins' deal is better. I don't know if I'd make that case, but I guess you could make the argument. But the well, deal's if do, done. If,
0: if you do the math, Cousins got three years, $84 million fully guaranteed. Russell had a four-year extension, so if he got four years at the rate in which Cousins got he would have got $112 million. So his true guarantees were $107 million. So I think that would be the argument of the yearly averages are great in theory and they look good on Twitter, but I'm a big believer in talk real money, not just like fake money, real cash. If it all ends tomorrow, what do you owe me? And cousins, you owed me $84 million. If I shattered my leg, Russell is only owed less than that now. And he hits free agency earlier. So like, a three-year extension at $100 million for Russell at 33 a year enables him to hit free agency again. Again, he's not that old, and quarterbacks are playing longer. So you could argue that it was a pretty team-friendly deal, I thought, given the high stakes. I, I, I would agree, but I do think when we're comparing these two contracts, we have to
1: consider that Kirk Cousins had played the franchise tag game for a few years. Russell was four years away from being a free agent. Right. So, like, I do think that's the difference of the situations they were in. Does No, he wasn't.
0: He was a year away. He was in the
1: last year of his deal. Yeah, but I mean, when 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 you factor in like like Kirk had already gone through being tagged and like he'd already made that much
0: that he had already made the tag money in individual years. At the end of the day, they had over they had over Russell Wilson like, bro, we know that you're not going to publicly go nuclear so we can just tag you. Worst case scenario. They had that. Yeah. That's why when I read that his agent said he compromised, compromise what? Like this isn't the NBA. We're going to walk, you know? And and, and I, I think we all questioned his ability to go. Like was he going to go ever go Antonio Brown, his version on them? I think it's safe to say he was never going to do that, right? That was not in the Russell Wilson brand. So unless you do that, you don't have that much leverage beside financial leverage of I'm one of the best quarterbacks I'm cost a lot of money right which he had right but at the end of the day I think it's clear that if they were willing to give him that type of cash they realize you don't get rid of a Russell Wilson because that's what I think we were all questioning like do they really like they like him right <laughs> they like him a lot he's our franchise they
1: like he's, him more than enough right
0: I, yeah I would say if if Liking someone is like 100%, probably like the way Kraft views Brady. Like, he couldn't like him anymore. I would say Seattle views like 90% of that with Russell. You'd like him to be a little taller. You'd like him to be a little more consistent earlier in games. But he's the best player in the history of the franchise. And if I'm John Schneider or Pete Carroll, he's the best player we'll ever draft. And he's the most important player we've ever drafted. Right? And we're... Pete's a borderline Hall of Famer. If there was like a college, if there was just a football Hall of Fame, like not NFL, not college, just football, you could argue Pete would be in it, right? Super Bowl champ. As, National as long champ. as you
1: count what happened at USC, yeah, which I do and you do. Not yeah, every like not every rule book does, but we we count I, it.
0: I, I, I do. do. Do they not count any of those championships now?
1: Well, I don't. Nah, I think some of them, but like the I just know the like the year they lost to Texas. I know that year doesn't count apparently.
0: Um, Would it, and the year before when Reggie won the Heisman? Yeah, probably. That one what probably about the, out.
1: Didn't they? I haven't paid attention to it? that
0: because I don't buy it. But did because he he won basically, or he went to three straight national championships. He split one, then he won it outright, and then he lost it to Texas. So he had one of the great three year runs, and then he had this run from like 06... To 09, where they didn't win any, but it was like clear. I mean, they're a top three or four team in the country, right? They would just lose this crazy Thursday night game every year, like Washington State or Oregon State. And then what he's done in Seattle, which it's fair, like the people critical of Russell go, well, you know, he wasn't that great early on when they won big. And I think that's fair, but he's proven the latter half. If you would have put that guy, this guy now, on that team, what are they going every year? 15
1: and one? Yeah, I mean, he's gonna take up a big part of your salary cap. But he his six whether he's good or not is what defines whether or not you can win. If he's really good, you can win. If he's not really good, you can't win. So I saw luckily Jason, he plays the I quarterback saw Jason that Cole.
0: Stuff. Or someone tweet out this morning, if you do the math now with the salary cap being around one hundred and ninety million dollars and you have a max quarterback between twenty five and thirty five million dollars, that means like of your roster is going to be on minimum salaries, which they always are, right? A lot of your rookies and second-year guys that were drafted third, fourth, fifth, and undrafted free agents, some older vet minimums, then you minus the quarterback, that gives you room to sign, give or take, like, $120 million to allocate toward other players. Like, this notion that you can't build a team with max quarterback, if that quarterback's worth it, because if Derek doesn't play well... That twenty-five kills you, you know. If Stafford's like hit or miss, that hurts you. But if it's Russell Wilson, and you do, and you you do well on the right guys you sign, you can crush, you know. And now the this, the flip side is, yet you can always take advantage of the rookie quarterback. Like right now, yeah. the Chiefs could get aggressive, trade for Flank Clark, allocate a bunch of money short term, knowing that they'll pay Mahomes in two years. Like yeah, the Seahawks did that. That's that's not rocket science anymore. But to me, the new like, uh, money ball, I guess, with the NFL is how do you build a sustainable squad with a $30 million quarterback? And the smart GMs are going to do it, right? They just will. Because that's the whole, the whole point of this league is to find Russell. That's well, the whole point.
1: Yeah, and like everyone, everyone says the same stuff about the draft, but I, I do think we would agree that Seattle has really – they've acted like they value the draft. Now there are times they trade out, but that's based on an evaluation that they don't see a value like well, you- he's
0: John said over and over like typical year we have about twenty guys valued as first rounders, and they always draft like twenty two to thirty so what it it I, I don't want to trade back. it's just this is the cards were dealt those guys that we have valued he i think his i think his statement actually i said twenty it might have been like fifteen oh. and he's just. He's kind of a scout. Scout, I think he's just viewing it like I just these are the way we evaluate guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. They they just always feel like they've got an idea what they're doing, you know.
0: Yeah, and I, I think they get nitpicked, and I've always defended even bulky and a little Reggie on this. Is it's easy to be like, you know what, Reggie crushed it. Khalil Amari, well, yeah, he's drafting the top five. Like I I watched some of Howie's press conference yesterday. He's like. Yeah, studies show that the hit rate on high draft picks is a lot higher than the hit pick on lower draft picks. So you draft round. into the top ten, make <laughs> yourself look good. <laughs> yeah, but like it's when you're drafting A.J. Jenkins, part of the balance, or Reggie, when you're drafting some of these guys, is going, well, I know this guy's not going to be there when I draft next round. It's hard. And I think last year was Penny, the kid from Saint. Yeah, it was last year. Rashad. They go. We really value a big time power running back. Well, we know he's not going to be there when we draft in the second round, so we quote unquote overdraft him in the first round. Now, to me, the crit- the criticism on like that pick would be, John, did you get the right guy? Like you right. could have had Nick Chubb instead of this guy. And I don't think it's fair to say Nick Chubb's probably going to be a better player than Penny. Though I think we've seen a lot that like you can overreact in the NFL sometimes on a first year player. Like, three years later, you might be, damn, remember when we all thought this and then it turns into that? But, I mean, Nick Chubb was an unreal player. Like, more than likely, if we, if you and I had to bet, we're probably betting on Chubb. So, that it's more critical of, you just drafted the wrong player. Not necessarily, we get your idea. I know what you're trying to do. And also, you have to balance, and this is where I think next week, once the draft happens and you and I are talking about it in the following week, there's a lot of, we took this guy – like like Mayock may go. We drafted this guy at 27 because we had heard the Cardinals at the first pick in the second round loved him, and he was never going to be there when we picked at 35. So there's a lot of that, and that's where I think when you have that's your all... franchise, Sorry, when you have ahead. your expensive quarterback, you got to nail those moves. Like now yeah. that you you know because that guy's cheap. Because I get a lot of yesterday, Frank Clark. You see like they lied to me. They lied. Yeah. So now everyone thinks he's gonna get traded. And he and he might get traded. Well, a lot of people are like, should the Chiefs get him? Should the Eagles get him? Well, those are two teams specifically that really could benefit from having a guy that drafted at 27, 28, that then is on a five year contract at a real like that's more beneficial to them than Frank Clark. D Ford got fifty million dollars. I texted two people that are pro scouts. said unequivocally, didn't hesitate to answer. I said, Who's the better player? Both replied Clark. So Clark's going to get, and he's younger, and he's a more well-rounded player. So if Ford got 50, safe to say Clark probably at least 55 to 60, I and mean, that's an expensive player. We don't really talk about it with the Niners and Ford. It's like, oh, they drafted they didn't pay him a lot of money, guys.
1: Right, right. <laughs> you know? But I think with them it's like they need the cheap guys and they need the good guys. And well, the, the Niners are different. Guys. They
0: had so much money they got right. no one to pay. But if, like, the Eagles had done that, you'd be like, God, D. Ford better be good. Right. The, the Niner's Especially to get a if it costs you a pick to do it, the Niners get a complete pass because, like, God, they just need some players, <laughs> right? But the Eagles, spend money even like the Patriots, they don't do that because that money's really important to them, you know. Well, and that's where I think with with a quarterback, it's a no brainer. And we we uh, the conversation about money got too crazy. Like, is he worth it? Thirty five touchdowns, seven picks, John. But to me, it's like the numbers speak for themselves. Do you ever watch him and go, I'd take this guy in a heartbeat on my squad? Hey, it's like I told you the other day, I think the best
1: compliment or one of the best compliments you can give a guy is even when you game plan for him, right? Even when you like in basketball, I had him defended, he still made the shot. He still hit the shot. Like you keep you I think he keeps defensive coordinators up at night, and then even if they everybody does the right thing, he can
0: still beat you. And that's that's those are championship players. Those are championship players. You think it's fair to say like in basketball, good offense always beats good defense. A great quarterback, in, especially in this day and age with the rules, is always, when he's on, it's yeah. going to be unstoppable. Because yeah. he's got the ball. You've got to react to him. You don't know where his receiver's
1: going. He knows what you're doing. Yes, I agree.
0: And the, and the rules limit what you can do to the skill guys
1: running around. Well, and also, John, even if it's a quote-unquote defensive game and it's 13-10, to 10, some it's still going to be a quarterback probably is going to have to make a play or make a mistake. It's, it's going to be Somebody's going to have to make a play.
0: Well, I, I think if you just said out loud, like, if you're not – and I do think there were some people, like smart people that follow football, I saw on Twitter, like, are we sure he's worth it? And I, I do think that's a fair conversation, and those conversations that Seattle probably had. What's his biggest negative, guy? Because clearly off the field character-wise, zero worries. On the field, his height, he's proven it doesn't matter. He's proven that he can overcome – I don't know, the shittiest offensive line we've seen on a good team for like five or six straight years. They haven't really had weapons. like So, yeah, sometimes he's not good in the first
1: half. Yeah, I would say maybe the negative is just there's there's always this little bit of like smoke that he's not – Beloved in the locker room, that he's a little different guy. Like, well, if we're looking for something, I'm not going to be like, "Oh, he was 65.4 percent last year; could have been better." I, I mean, he was but, one of but the I think of the leagues in terms of yards per attempt. So, but hasn't Rogers proven that clearly? Yeah, yeah. It? I'm just saying, like, if I'm if you're looking for something, that would like what could be better? Like, okay, I guess that's a thing. But best deep,
0: best deep thrower in the league. I don't know how you quantify this, but it sure as hell feels like one of the best clutch players in the league, one of the more dynamic players in league history just from a scramble throw perspective. He's durable. When, when, remember, was it a couple years ago that he rolled his ankle really bad? Mm-hmm. And then somehow he still played the next, like he's he's tough. Like his toughness can't be questioned. You and I have stood next to him on the field in San Francisco. He's a fucking midget for NFL standards. Like he is really, really small. And he's remarkable. Strong lower half, John. Well, he's built like a little tank. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.